Welcome to the weekly reboot, your regular Friday debrief coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Today, another mini hack, and I estimate it's going to be roughly nine minutes long. It might be six, but it could be longer, even 10 or 12. I can't really say right now. We'll just have to see how we go. So yes, that's right. Today we are talking about a hot topic, which is estimating, or more specifically, estimating in the world of creating software products. And I think it's a hot topic mainly because software takes a long time to build, sometimes surprisingly long, and costs a lot, sometimes a surprising amount. And that's because the people who apply the craft of software development are usually well rewarded for their work. But also, the costs associated with creating software tend to escalate in weird ways as the software systems themselves get bigger and more people get involved in writing it. It's really never a linear result of the amount of people writing it I've found. And then of course it always costs something for the time that it's running. That's the thing we often forget about or forget to include when we're trying to budget for building software and that's the cost to maintain it over its lifetime. Estimating can be a total drag and at this point I will confess about all the estimation processes I have put out there. Some of them I was made to create by people in positions of authority over me. Sometimes I was asked to create very nicely some estimation processes but some, I have to admit, I created out of my own volition. For these crimes against the people in software, I can only apologise and get, get in touch if you're one of the people I ever tortured with software estimation process, and I will be happy to personally apologise to you. Insurance Line was probably the first place I worked where I created an estimation process. It was pretty heavy and didn't have too many redeeming features to it. The usual feeling of spending a lot of time staring into crystal balls, adding, padding, and putting different factors on to spreadsheets and sitting in way too many meetings in order to get that done. And then all the inevitable chasing of a mysterious figure that we kind of pulled out of the air afterwards and, and all of the angst that comes with that. At AIA where I worked, I was also on the hook to provide estimates and created a process and of course a template to go with it. I was getting better and at least we had workshops with actual real developers to try and answer questions instead of just using documents and making things up but I think I might have inspired Neil Killick's eventual no estimates enthusiasm when I asked him to get some estimating happening in a few teams, but more about that later. Australia Post was the final place where I was part of getting estimates out of teams, and I'm pleased to say that it was awful enough that I've sworn off ever creating an estimation process ever again, or ever facilitating an estimate out of teams. If the teams I coach ask about estimating, I talk about splitting stories instead. I simply won't coach people anymore not on planning poker, not on t-shirt sizing. In fact, I think those two things have meant that agile teams have lost the art of breaking work down. I'm pretty sure we used to be better at that before planning poker and stuff like that was invented. So I tend to say now, never do it and thank the gods, as we say in Westeros, that a few people came along and started a movement that was about the wasteful nature of estimation known as the No Estimates Movement. If you want to find out more about that, I'm going to link to what I think are some excellent articles all about it for a comprehensive history and a lot of good information. If you are one of the people plagued by the question, how much will it cost and how long will it be? So this movement started way back in 2012. And much like when the Agile Manifesto was signed in 2001, No Estimates was really a meeting of minds around a topic where a group of like-minded people came together and realized they were frustrated by the same thing and inspired to try different approaches to estimating or rather not estimating at all, which birthed the hashy no estimates. 
Woody Zoll was a person who created the first humble enough blog post where the hashtag first appeared. Then Vasco Duarte got on board and it was awesome to discover that we then had our own hashtag no estimates champ in this corner of the world in Neil Killick. Neil Killick is much respected, lives down the road from me here in Melbourne as, and is a much respected agile coach and as I previously mentioned had to endure some estimation workshops that I invited him to attend at AIA back in about 2011. So could it actually be that I inspired the rise of the hashtag no estimates movement in the southern hemisphere by asking Neil Killick to help us estimate? A girl can but dream. Neil has written many a clever thing about alternatives to estimating, has been very logical and clear about it and did a round of presentations about it back around about that 2012-13 time period here in Australia. And it was great to have all these people in the community stirring up all this passion about estimating, about how it was wasteful and created nothing of value except some weird behaviour in people, which was more damaging to teams than not estimating at all. So what should we do instead of estimating? Well, what I've found is that there's no substitute for forming a team over time and giving them time to work on the platform that you need knowledge about or you need to build. You should definitely devote time to forming a team and giving them time instead of asking them about how long things will take. If you're at the start of building a thing, there's really no sense in asking anyone to estimate. Instead, ask for a neat little chunk of an idea of what you're building, something that you all agree would be needed for this thing to function, and then start to build it. Consider this your first sprint. Time box yourself to two weeks and really try and build a small piece of something and make it live in production or as close to production ready as you can. Um, I'm kind of a realist here. Not everyone can get their stuff to production instantly. And you can tell whoever is bugging you for an estimate that you're estimating. But what you're really doing is breaking that piece down and actually building it. Through building it, you're finding out exactly how long this team is going to take to build, build it. And at best, using relative sizing, you can then make a better guess at how much it might take to complete. Warning though, if you do extrapolate from your original sprint of work, and use that figure to inform another estimate, your resulting estimate won't be super accurate either because stuff happens. Usually the stuff that happens is if the team is allowed to stay together and improve together, they'll get faster. Hopefully that means you'll beat what you thought might be your estimate. But all kinds of other things could happen to your team that aren't as positive as that. All kinds of other things could happen to the market or to your company. So this idea that devoting lots of time trying to pre guess that is really another source of non-value added waste. You may as well keep building that high value stuff and if your stakeholders and hopefully customers are liking it then just keep on building it one little high priority bit at a time. Over a longer time period if the team keeps doing work of the same nature in the same domain on similar tech then they will get better at guessing. But will it ever be accurate enough to place bets on? The answer is a big shrug from me. Sometimes it will, but sometimes not. Sometimes the stuff that happens to your team and to the world is beyond your control, and you probably can't keep all the factors consistent for long enough for the team to reach anything like the predictability that justifies the time that you've been asked to spend estimating. So don't waste time tying yourself in knots about it, just get on with the work and the learning about the work instead. You can keep measuring how long things take, that doesn't take too long, and that might be useful data for you. But let's not do estimates, please. Let's just learn from doing instead and focus on the doing and what outcome that delivers in the hands of the customer. 
It always really bugged me that we were asked to estimate over and over to a level of accuracy that could only ever encourage us to wildly pad every guess we made. While if you asked a business owner how much revenue the thing would generate, it was perfectly okay for them to not even answer or to give you a super wide range, you know, literally differing in millions sometimes. I never really understood why we all just accepted that as accurate and meanwhile tried to get within a 10% range of an estimate when building something. It was all very upside down. But this is a mini hack episode and so enough about all these theories and suggestions and idealism about how to kill off estimating for good. How about I tell you something that is actually a mini hack and I wanted to give you my insider tip that I've learned to use over the years because yes, I still to this day run into plenty of teams that are asked to do this wasteful activity of estimating. And over the years, I've become more skillful at entering this conversation and coming out without being asked to actually estimate or, as I like to say, slash lie. So I keep this little answer in my pocket all the time, which is we don't have any evidence to tell us how long things are going to take. So just that one simple sentence, we don't have any evidence to say how long it will take and then just shush up for a bit and listen to what follows. Generally, it's some variation of when or how do you think you can get an answer? And that's when you ask for your first two weeks, your first sprint and the first little piece that you can build in order to know more. The more persistent business owners or project managers might follow up and ask if you can have a wild guess. And your answer to that one should be, how much revenue do you think it's going to be worth? Because you don't want to give them a wild guess that makes them agree to something that could cost twice as much as it might generate in revenue. So if they are able to answer, they probably will, then you've got some more information to have a discussion about, about trying that first two weeks of work and then continuing the conversation after that to see if the revenue wild guess is going to make carrying on after two weeks worth it. So that's my hack, just two little things to say when you get asked for estimates. The first one being, unfortunately, we don't have any evidence to tell us how long things are going to take yet. And the second, how much revenue will this be worth if we build it? And hopefully once you've built your first little thing, then you could possibly ask them what percentage of the whole thing that they think that little thing was, and then let them assess how long they think the rest might take. Then we are doing something much better, which is we are collaborating together on building this thing and making decisions together about whether what we are building is the right stuff and if it's going to be worth it. And in my experience, those conversations and the resulting decisions always go better if you're collaborating on that answer together. So that was our mini hack for this week. Instead of estimating, there's two things to try in conversation back to the asker. Please give it a go and let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear from you. Or if it doesn't work, then please get in touch. Maybe I can help you have that conversation too. So email alex at rebootco.com.au. So our episode today looks like it's going to be about 12 minutes, I'd say. I'll know that with 100% accuracy when I upload it and update the podcast settings for all podcast feeds, which is the only time when I actually need to know with 100% accuracy how long it goes for. But I do hope it's been worth the time you invested in listening to it. Next week, we'll be talking to Andy Kelk, the CTO of Marketplacer and well-known chap in the Melbourne digital community. I've had the pleasure of working close by Andy at Australia Post and also co-hosting First Conference with Andy twice. And it was great to get inside his head for a bit in this interview and talk all about his background and approach to leading teams. That'll be published next Friday. Please give us feedback on the podcast. We read everything and we'll continue to respond to everything. You can email us at rebootme at rebootco.com.au. 
The weekly reboot is your regular Friday debrief of things I've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Rate, review and importantly subscribe in your podcast app to get it in your ears every Friday and we'll be there again with our interview with Andy next Friday at 4pm. Ciao for now.